we started with our team. Our team for this year is let the wind blow. And then um, let the wind blow. And yesterday we spoke about this and we, we, we went through a few basics. Yesterday, the subtitle for yesterday was, why should the wind blow? Why should the wind blow? And we, we defined what we meant by the wind blowing. It is a significant move of the Holy Spirit that leads to natural events that produces natural results. The significant move of the Holy Spirit. Then we talked about types of wind. Exodus chapter 10, verse 13. Exodus chapter 10, verse 19. Two types of wind in opposite directions, bringing consequences, bringing events on there. You remember yesterday? You remember? Okay, then we spoke about the intensity of the wind. We said that the Bible talks about strong wind. The Bible talks about very strong wind. The Bible talks about the mighty rushing wind. The Bible talks about the burning wind. We spoke about all of this yesterday, right? Then we said, we asked ourselves the question, why should the wind blow? And we said, the wind ought to blow because of our destiny, to assist us in destiny. Then we went ahead to define what destiny meant. A concluded plan in the heart of God before you are never born. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed you, mother's womb, I knew you. Okay? I knew you. Then he said, I sanctify you and set you out as a prophet to the nations. Ordained you, commissioned you as a prophet to the nations. So we spoke about destiny yesterday, how critical destiny is. We said that in life, our career can give us a living. Only destiny can make and allow us to make a difference. Destiny is what we do that we, on the inside of us, is satisfying, is fulfilling. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 19 says, a desire accomplishes sweet to the soul. Destiny is what brings us fulfillment. Destiny is what brings us satisfaction. Destiny is what God will judge us on. So we spoke about that yesterday. And we said, so why do we need the wind to blow? What is the connection between wind and destiny? We said the wind assists us in our destiny. You remember? And one of the ways he assists us in our destiny is that he makes a way for us. Exodus chapter 14, verse 21, the wind blew and opened up the Red Sea. When the wind blows, it makes a way for us. It opened up the Red Sea. And we said there are three types of obstacles that the wind needs to clear of our path. You remember? Yeah. We spoke about policies that are against our destiny, that are obstacles. We spoke about people, that, and then we spoke about principalities and powers. Praise God. Hallelujah. So today, we're going to move forward and speak about when the wind blows. Yesterday, we spoke about why the wind should blow. Today, we're going to speak about when the wind blows. And I'm taking today's main text from Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. Genesis chapter 8 and the first verse. And it says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, Then God remembered Noah and every living thing, and all the animals that were with him in the ark. God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters subsided. Let us say a word of prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, we honor you again. This word was written by the Holy Spirit. This word can only be understood by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God, we consciously invite you. Teach us tonight Amen. in a way we will never forget. Amen. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When the wind blows. What happens when the wind blows? We've, we've learned why the wind should blow. But when the wind blows, what happens? <clears throat> In the very first instance in the Bible that the wind blew is in this verse, Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. And what we see there as the wind blew in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, is that God remembered Noah. Now, you and I have to understand, to put this in context, that what had happened was that God was, God was frustrated with the actions of man, the sin of man. 
Man was just sinning. God said, the, the, the thought of the heart of man is evil. So God said he was going to bring destruction on the earth. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 that Noah found grace in the eyes of God or in the sight of God. So God commanded Noah to build an ark and give everybody an opportunity to move into the ark while God opens up, the, breaks up the waters of the fountains of the deep so that they can rain on the earth for 14 days and 40 nights. Very heavy rain. But the people weren't listening. They were going about their own thing, drinking, eating, and playing, just like we have today. They weren't bothered about God. So Noah and seven other people entered into the ark. Noah and his wife, his three children, and their spouses entered into the ark. Then God told him to bring uh, pairs of animals into the ark also, every living thing. And he did. He brought them into the ark. And the Bible says God shut the door. And when God shut the door, nobody can reopen it. No. So God shuts the door on Noah. Remember, Noah is in the ark now with these seven other people, his family, and, of course, all the animals. And the Bible says it rained on the earth very seriously. And the water covered every single thing on the earth. The ark was floating. Then after 40 days and 40 nights, God, the, the, water, the rain stopped. But it took time for the waters to subside, to drain out. Then so it took it about 150 days. Then the waters drained out, I think it, it, it says in the Bible. The water drained out, and the Bible, Noah was still in the ark. The ground was clean, but Noah was still in the ark. But the Bible says, and God remembered Noah. So when the wind blows, one key thing that happens is that God remembers us. Listen, Noah was in the ark because he obeyed God. There are times in our lives, listen very carefully, I want to speak to somebody here today that just wants to be very honest in their heart. There are times in our lives when we have obeyed God. We have done what God says we should do. God said, Noah, build the ark, he built it. God gave him the plan, he built it according to the plan God gave him. Every instruction God gave Noah, Noah followed. But Noah was forgotten in the ark. Forgotten as in not that God forgot, and I will explain to you what it means when God remembers. Not that God forgot the way we forget but nevertheless, Noah felt forgotten. That is what is important. He felt forgotten. I don't know about you. Have you ever been in a situation whereby you felt you've done the right thing, but you feel forgotten? Maybe I'm not speaking to the right set of people there. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever felt forgotten? Yes, yes, yes. When you felt you've done the right thing, but it seems God. You told me this is what your word says, Lord. This is what your word says, and you feel a bit forgotten. Now, I want to really speak to you tonight because this word then is for you. God remembered Noah when the wind blew. The wind is about to blow in your direction in the name of Jesus Christ. And God will remember you in Jesus' name. So let's, let's put this then in, uh, within the context of the Bible. What does it mean for God to remember? Now, for you and I to remember, it means that we temporarily forgot. In other words, we, 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 and our memory was a little bit shaky and faulty, so we forgot. And then we suddenly, oh my goodness, remember, uh, uh, remember. That's not the same thing with God. God does not have memory problems. So when he remembers, what he means biblically, he means three things. Number one, it means that he's now focusing on you. Now, when God remembers you, it means it's not that he's forgotten you. It just means that right now, he's decided that this is your season now. He's going to focus on you. Amen. Amen. Number two, it means that God is now ready to attend to you and to your issues. When God remembers, it means, number one, he's focusing on you. Number two, it means he is now attending to you and to your issues. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 15. Thank you. You can put it on the screen for us. Oh, Lord, you know, remember me and visit me. That's the third one. When God remembers you, he visits you. 
when God remembers you, he visits you. And you got to understand something about God's visitation. Proverbs 21, sorry, Genesis 21 verse 1 says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he has said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he has spoken. When God visits, he performs. When God visits a person, when God visits a family, he performs what he has said originally. Are you still with me? So, when God remembers, it means, number one, to focus on the person. Number two, to give you attention that you, you desire. God gives you attention. Number three, it means God visits you. I really pray for you today that God will visit you. Amen. That you will have a genuine encounter with God. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When God remembers, he focuses on you. He attends to you and to your issues. He visits you. Now, question we have to ask ourselves is that, so now that God wants to visit me, what does, it, what does God remember? Let me tell you four things God remembers in the scripture. Four things that God remembers. Number one, are you ready? Number one, God remembers people. God remembers people. God remembers people. No matter where the people are, God remembers people. I pray for you today that God will remember you. Amen. Genesis chapter 19 verse 29. Genesis chapter 19 and the 29th verse. The Bible talks about Abraham, God remembering Abraham. Genesis 19, 29. And it came to pass when God was going to destroy those cities, God remembered Abraham. You see, God was about to take an action outside of the place Abraham was living. Abraham was not living in Sodom and Gomorrah. God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But the Bible said God remembered Abraham. You know, it's amazing how you as a Christian, you living in Canada, you're staying in Canada right now. Maybe some members of a family, your siblings, maybe your parents or some members of a family are outside of this country. If something wants to happen to them that is bad, because of you, God can remember you and act on their behalf. God remembered Abraham and acted and saved the Lot. The Bible never recorded that Lot prayed. The Bible didn't say that Lot cried out for help. But the Bible says God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And God said, ah, if I destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and I clear away Lot and his family in the whole destruction, it will bring sorrow to the heart of Abraham. And God said, I can't do that. I have to remember Abraham. You see, you can walk with God, and God can remember you, and because of you, you can save your whole family. Anybody in your family that is not even praying, that is even an unbeliever, God can remember you and intervene in their lives. I'm praying for you today that God will remember you. So God remembered Abraham. Then God remembered Rachel. Genesis chapter 30, verse 22. God remembered Rachel and gave Rachel a child. God remembered Rachel. Genesis chapter 30, verse 22. Then the Lord remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. God remembered Rachel. So you can see that God remembered Abraham. Abraham is a man. God remembered Rachel. Rachel is a woman. So God remembers. God is not, is not, doesn't discriminate in gender. It remembers people. It remembers men. It remembers women. I pray for you once again that God will remember you. Yeah. Not only does God remember people, number two, God remembers his covenant. If you have ever made a vow to God, please listen very carefully. <laughs> this is very, very good. If you have ever made a vow to God, don't take it lightly. Some of us before, some of us that immigrated into this country, perhaps we were Christians and before we did, and at times in our lives, we, we knowing that we're embarking on a major project, as in traveling and going to start a new life in another country, we made a vow to God. Please don't forget. If you have forgotten that vow, God has not forgotten. Before Jacob emigrated into the land where Laban was living, he made a vow in Bethel. 
He made a vow that if God will bless him, he had nothing. But he said, if God if will bless me and keep me as I'm going and be with me, I'm going to give you 10% of everything I have. And, you know, when Laban was cheating him, Genesis chapter 31, verse 13, look at what God said. Genesis chapter 31 and verse 13. Look at what God said. Thank you. Put it on the screen, please. Genesis 31, 13. When God showed up, God said, God said, introduced himself and said, I am the God of better. Which God of better? Where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. God said, you might have forgotten, but I've not forgotten Jacob. He said, I am the God of better. The place where you slept, you made a vow to me, didn't you? At better. God said, I'm the God of that place. I've now shown up. I'm with you. Jacob had forgotten completely. Listen, God remembers his covenant. He remembers. Psalm 105 verse 8 tells us, God remembers his covenant. Psalm 105 and the 8th verse. God remembers his covenant. He remembers his covenant. For how long? Forever. He doesn't forget. And we must learn as Christians from time to time, when we are inspired on our own, personally, or when we are led by our pastor in church, to make vows, to make covenants. Before my wife and I came into this country, we made a covenant with God. We made a covenant with God. Lord, this is so and so and so and so and so were the details of the covenant. So it's important for you and I to learn how to make vows to God, to make covenants. And remember that God will remember. Particularly, listen very carefully. Particularly, as parents, we must make covenants that will undergird the security and the success of our children's children's children. Listen to me very carefully. We can transfer wealth to our children. We cannot transfer safety. We can transfer wealth. We can't transfer protection. We can transfer wealth. We can't transfer morality. So, and wealth that is not undergirded by a relationship with God will eventually fizzle away. So, the only way to do it effectively is to trans to covenant with God concerning your children. Your children, your you might have, you might will have gone, I will have gone, but God remembers the covenant for how long? Forever. 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 So while you and I are gone, where you and I are not there, where our children are, God remembers the covenant. He says, no, 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 I remember this covenant. And you know, can I, can I, can I, you know, this, this thing I'm talking about today, many people in the African culture, in the Asian culture also, uh, they understood this thing. It's only that they enter the covenants with devils. They enter covenant with devils, and those devils today are still troubling their students' children. They enter the covenant with devils so much that they change their name, and the prefix of their name is the prefix is the name of the devils they enter the covenant with. True, true, true. Very true. Very true. Just like you have Abraham with Ham, H-A, representing Yahweh in the middle of the name. Just like you have all these other people that have God in their names in the Bible. And they covenanted, and when Abraham, Abraham covenanted with God, God changed his name to Abraham, signifying that there's a, there's, a, there's a difference. God has come into his life. His name has now changed. Are you still with me now? He changed his name. So, so it's the same way we can covenant with God. And God can be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Somebody say amen. amen. So God remembers people. He remembers his covenant. Number three, God remembers his word. Just his word. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 2, God said to Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what do you see? 
And he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Now, God now said to him, you have seen well. I am now ready to perform my word. Listen, God remembers his word to perform it. Hmm. God remembers his word to perform it. Any word that God has given you generally or God has given you specifically, God remembers it to perform it. You might have even forgotten. I remember last year we had a praying and fasting session and we're praying. And I remember I spoke to the church and I challenged them to pray about certain, certain things in their life. And as they were, as they led me the prayer point, I had a very strong feeling in my heart that I should ask God for certain things also. So I, I, I was praying, praying, and I, I took about four things to God right there and there. Lord, these are these areas that I wanted to help me, oh God, suck me out in this area. You know, I forgot about them completely, completely. I'd forgotten completely. Just about, and I know, and in the prayer point on that particular day for me, I, I, I wanted to exercise my faith. Now, please listen carefully to this so that you don't, don't take it as a doctrine. It was specific to that day. I just wanted to exercise my faith. And I said to God, Lord, I will want you to do this for me, oh God, before the 30th of April. I want to repeat that again. Please don't take that as a doctrine that you have to put a date to the day God will do something for you. It was specific to the instruction of the Holy Spirit on that day. Does that, is that clear? Yes. Okay. So I did that and I forgot him completely. About the 21st of April, I got a phone call and that phone call was the answer to the prayer. And I got the answer, the, the process worked out for within about seven days. By the 28th, 29th of April, I'd signed some documents and the whole thing one of the critical prayer points had been ironed out. I forgot it. It was in the month of May then. I was not thanking God, and God reminded me. As I, and I went to my phone where I wrote those prayer points. I was shot. You see, I had forgotten, but God did not forget. He didn't forget. God remembers his word, but listen, there is a technicality to it. Listen very carefully. The word God remembers to perform is the word you see, not just the one you read. I hope you understand what I just said. Please be here tomorrow. I will show you what I mean. How to go from reading to seeing. Because the what makes the difference between an immature Christian and a mature Christian, a Christian that is winning, a Christian that is on top, is that some people read, very few people see. And it is the word you see, the word you see, the word you see, the word you see, the word you see. The word you see, basically, is revelation. Revelation knowledge. Not just literal knowledge, but revelation knowledge inside. The spirit of God is called the spirit of revelation. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. And the whole word revelation means apocalypsis. It means to see what you could not see before by the help of somebody. What you could not see before, to see it by the help of somebody. So the spirit of God is that somebody, okay, that helps you to see. That helps you to see. It's very possible to be a professor of New Testament and write your PhD thesis on John chapter 3 and not be born again. And not be born again. You can be a professor of the Bible and not be born again because you did not see it. I don't know if you're hearing what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's what you see. Once God has shown you something in his word, Pentecostals will call it Rema word. Once God has spoken to you in his word, he has, you've seen it. You could see the revelation. You're excited. It's almost like the scripture has lifted up the Bible. It's in your heart. It's living in your heart. God cannot forget that word. He will perform that word. Can I hear your name and place? Amen. 
He remembers this word. You know, First John, first, sorry, First Kings chapter eight verse fifteen tells us something very powerful about God's word. Don't take God's word lightly. First John chapter eight verse fifteen. When Solomon was praying, Solomon was praying in First John chapter eight verse fifteen. First Kings, sorry, pardon me. First Kings chapter eight verse fifteen. When Solomon was praying, he was praying to God and he said, this is what you spoke by your mouth and your hand has fulfilled it. He said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel who spoke with his mouth and his hand has done it. This is very powerful. Very powerful. So when God has spoken to you, when he has spoken to you and you can see what he's saying, absolutely, he will do it with his hand. Can I hear your name and bless Amen. God remembers his word. This is so powerful and so critical. When God spoke to Sarah, I said, by this time next year, I will come back. And in, according to the time of life, you shall embrace the son. When God spoke to Sarah, when God spoke to the Shunammite woman also, he remembered the word. He remembered the word. God remembers his word. Number four, number one, God remembers people. Number two, God remembers his covenant. Number three, God remembers his word. Number four, God remembers our offerings. In Psalm 20, verse 3, but before we get to verse 3, let's start from verse 1. Psalm 20, verse 1, it says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. <laughs> he goes on to say, May he send you help from the sanctuary. May he strengthen you out of Zion. Yes, say amen, please. Then he goes on to say in verse 3, May he remember your offerings. Now, listen carefully. I, 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 let's hear me out, please. For some people, if God remembers our offerings, he won't do anything. They won't do anything at all. Many people don't understand that when they come to church and they give an offering, please listen carefully. We are not giving to a church. Listen carefully. We are not giving to a church. We are giving through a church to God. Very quiet. I'm trying to show you what to help you. <laughs> I'm trying to show you what to. Can I have an offering? Can I have an offering? Everybody? All right, thank you. Does anybody have maybe cash, maybe twenty dollars, five dollars, or anything, whatever? Just cash, any cash. Yes, anyone want? Thank you so much. I have a bad habit of uh, when I finish demonstration with somebody's money, I keep it in my pocket. <laughs> okay, let's do, let's do this way. Um, go for come. Can you stand just stand there in front? So assume that here is Godfrey. He's standing here in front. He works for Royal Bank. Okay, he works for Royal Bank. So I go into a Royal Bank. I go into a Royal Bank um, um, branch. I have an account at Royal Bank. I give them my card, and here I am. Uh, I give him my card. He says, "Oh, good afternoon." That's a good afternoon. Um, I can see his Royal Bank tag on him there, and I walk into the place and I say, "So what? Are, what can I do for you today?" I said, "No, I just want to make a deposit." So all right, that's fine. And I give him the ten dollars deposit. He does the machine. Does whatever he's going to do in the machine and gives me uh, normally he'll give you a receipt. Or he says, Do you want a receipt? I said, No, I don't want a receipt. It's okay with me. I take my card and says, Well, have a good day. And I go and have a good day. Now, 30 minutes later, I happen to go to um, Subway. As I get to Subway, come here, please. I get a Subway, Subway um, restaurant. Sit down, please. I get the Subway restaurant. I just pick up something maybe for my son or for my daughter. And suddenly I see Mr. Godfrey that I've just given. Put money in the bank account. In my bank account, he's sitting on a subway. Ah, this man is eating. He's ordered so many things. The tendency is to say maybe he's used my money. 
Are you following now? Maybe he, I just gave this man money to put. I hope this man is not taking my money. I hope he's not taking my money and is what using and, and to make matters worse. While he's at Subway, a friend of his comes in and he tells the friend, "No, no worry, but I'll pay for you." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I begin to feel, hey, hey, this man is just taking my money. But but something tells me that I did not give Godfrey my money. You hear what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Yes, Godfrey was only an agent of something bigger than him. He was only representing an institution that is bigger than him. I have to understand that. I is representing an institution. And when I don't, don't, he collected the money from me, but I gave the money through him into that kingdom. Are you forgetting what I'm saying now? So then I have a chance. I can tell him that Godfrey, eat as much as you want. Because I know that my money is secure. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? The same way you have to, thank you, Mr. Godfrey. The same way you have to understand with God. When you bring your offering to church, listen very carefully, there is a record in heaven. The Bible says that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. It said, not that I seek the, the, the fruit, not that I seek the gift, rather, but I seek the fruit that abounds into your account. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the final and the accurate revelation of God the Father. Puts it this way. He said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. Lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. Lay up for yourself treasure where? In heaven. In heaven, where the mud does not break in. Now, how do I lay it up, Jesus? I can't go to heaven and put it there. He tells us that Matthew 19, 21. Matthew 19, 21. Jesus tells us how to put it there. One of the ways, Matthew 19, 21. He said, go, give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. So the way to have this treasure in heaven is to give. Someone say give. Oh, say it again, give. Friends, let me say this to you. I've pastored now for over 19 years in this country. I can tell you this. God remembers offerings. God remembers offerings. Listen, what your prayer will do, your offering will not do. What your offering will do, your prayer will not do. You cannot substitute one principle in the Bible for another. God remembers offerings. God remembers offerings. I know God remembers offerings. I have seen God move on the dimension because he remembered offerings. Very, very serious offerings. God remembers offerings. One of the biggest challenges we have Thank you, sir. I feel like putting it in my bucket, but thank you, sir. <laughs> it's a seed. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, sir. It's good to please. Will you be coming every time I'm preaching? Because this way... <laughs> I'll, I will I will appreciate that. I'll be doing I'll be doing this illustration all the time. <laughs> now, praise the Lord. I've seen God move powerfully. So we, we pray. Somebody asked me a question just a few days ago. He said, Pastor, what about people that just, they sow their time in the kingdom and all of that? So are you saying that if I sow my time in the kingdom and all of that, God can help me out financially? I'm not saying that God can help you out financially. But listen very carefully. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Let's look at what it says. <laughs> we have to believe the Bible. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Now look at the next thing now. Look at what it says now. Don't be deceived. So don't deceive yourself. You can't mock God. Now, the, the next thing it says, and please correct me because I think my English language is not very excellent. Please check. I, I, I'm asking you a question. When it says, whatever a man sows, what is this trying to say here? He said, whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Is that what he said? Yes. So does that mean that if I sow, sow oranges, I will reap oranges? Is that what it means? Yes. If I sow oranges, will I reap maize? No, no because it says whatever. So that means what you are going to reap is determined when you sow. If you sow time, you reap time. 
If you saw home visitation, that's what you will read. When you two also have that, you just see people coming to your house all the time. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> because you have been visiting people also. You saw visitation. <laughs> so we said, oh, so Pastor, are you saying that if I didn't give at all in church, I don't give at all at all? Does that mean that when I have a serious need and I'm about to die, God will not help me? I'm not saying that. Listen very carefully. You have to understand something theologically. There is a big difference between the sovereignty of God and the principles of God. The sovereignty of God means that at any time, it can step into any situation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you can't control that. You can't determine that. In the book of John chapter 5, verse 1 to 7, there were multitudes. Let's look at it. Look at it. Let's look at it. John chapter 5, verse 1 to 7, but let's just start from the beginning. I want to, I want to prove a point to you just so that you can understand this part. Verse 2, please. Verse 2. Keep going, please. There were great multitude of sick people, sir. Blind people were there. Lame were there. Paralyzed were there. All of them were waiting. <clears throat> How many people were here? Multitude. multitude. Great multitude. And the Bible says Jesus went there. If you see the story, he went to only one man that was there for 38 years. The man was not the only one there. But the sovereignty of God only healed one man. I don't think I want to leave my life to chance. I don't want to leave my life to chance. Every other person here had a need. Jesus did not heal any blind man here. He didn't heal any lame man. He didn't heal the power. He just healed only one man. I don't want to live my life with chance. But this same Jesus, in Mark chapter 2, verse 5, some people opened the roof and they brought down a paralyzed man. And Mark chapter 2, verse 5, the Bible says, Jesus saw their faith. And when he saw their faith, he told the man, he said, rise up, take your bed, go home. That was sure. There was a woman that came, Mark chapter 5, and said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I will go home well. And Jesus said, this woman has great faith. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. I don't want to live my life to chance. I want to live my life with faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? Yeah, yeah. I live my life. I don't want to live my life to chance. I want to live my life to faith. So it's important you understand that when you practice the role of giving, you're exercising faith. Because by faith, Abel gave a more acceptable sacrifice. Not because it faith. So your giving is faith. It's faith. God remembers our offerings. I've seen this thing, Psalm 41. Let's look at it again. Psalm 41, verse 1 to 3. You know, even people, when people are sick, people are sick. They're going through big, serious health challenges. One of the key ways to touch the heart of God is by giving a serious offering. Sacrifice, as you call it. I hope you're hearing. I hope you're hearing. He said, he said blessed is the man who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Did you see that now? Then he goes on to say in verse 2, listen, verse 2. Keep going. He says, blessed is he who consider. Keep going, keep going, please. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. He will bless him on the earth. You will, God will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. Then verse 3, keep going. Verse 3 says, God will strengthen him on the bed of illness. He will sustain him on the sick bed. Why, why, why? What is it? What is, why is God doing all of this? Verse 1, because the man considered the poor. Listen very carefully to me. I'm not taking an offering. I'm just trying to help you. Listen, stinginess is the fastest way to trouble. Stinginess is the fastest way to trouble. The Bible says God will not deliver him to the hand of his enemy. Even on the bed of sickness, the Bible says God will show. God will say, no, this man is not ready to go. No. Even if he's ready, I'm not ready to have him now. I have to heal him. I have to heal him. Why? Because the Bible says, the riches of a man shall be the ransom for his life. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 8. 
I see people, they are going through health challenge. Sometimes the health challenge is terminal. They have seven cars, six cars, four cars. What are you doing? Where are you going to drive it to? I'm sorry. I don't think you can handle this part. <laughs> Where are you going to drive it to? You have to take it and sow a dangerous seed. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. I'm telling you, by the grace of the Almighty God, things I have practiced, I'm still practicing. I want to say something to you here. Listen. There's no day of this year, a day, I'm not talking about a week, day that I've not given an offering. Every day, every day. I give an offering every day. I decided at the beginning of this year that I'm going to start something new in my life. This is the first day I'm doing it. I give offering normally every week. But I decided since we now have something in our church called text to give, which we implemented last year. So I said, well, since text to I don't have to be in church to give. I said, I'm going to do something this year. Every single day of the year, I'm going to give an offering. Apart from what I would give when I'm in church. I decided because I saw a Bible in the Bible, it says it daily loads me with benefit. So I said to myself, I'm going to daily load God also with benefit. <laughs> watch it. I know something very powerful is going to happen. Because he said that I know understanding. And this is God. I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving so much. I came to church one day. True life story. You know, it's good to share this type of testimony so that you can understand. I gave, came to church one day. I opened my door. I saw under my door my tax receipt for the year. I said, oh, okay, praise God. I opened it up. It was over $100,000 that I've given that year. I said, wow, this is amazing. Thank God for that. As I sat down on my chair to give God praise, I heard the voice of God, voice of God and said, ask me something now. I heard God right there, right there. Friends, this is, this is, this is how this, God remembers what we give. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Yeah. Many people today are going through unusual challenges because God looks at what they've given and God says, no, you've got to up your game. You've got to up your game. You've got to up your game. Let me say something to you very clearly about God remembering you. If God does not remember you, people will not remember you. In Genesis chapter 40, verse 14, Joseph asks the chief butler. He said, he started speaking to the chief butler. He said, listen, you have to remember me. Joseph told the chief butler, he said, but remember me. Put it on the screen, my brother, please. Thank you so much, my son. He said, remember me when it is well with you. Joseph, listen, I have studied this part of the Bible to the glory of the Almighty God several times. When Joseph spoke to this, to this chief butler, it was one of the most emotional speeches anybody can give. Let, let's look at what he said. Remember me when it's well with you. Please show kindness to me. Now, when you read it literally, you have to put yourself in the emotions of what Joseph was saying. He said, make mention of me to Pharaoh. I'm not looking for promotion. I'm not looking for restoration. I just want to be out of this prison. That's what he said. Look at what he said. He said, get me out of this house. That means, don't restore me to Pharaoh's house. Even if you want to take me back to the slave market so another master can buy me, I'm okay with it. Just get me out of this prison. I don't like this prison. The regimented life of this prison is bad. Joseph said, I could, I, could, I, could, I could cope with the prison if I did something wrong, but I did not do anything wrong. Get me out of this house. Remember me. Remember me. Then he goes on to say, please look at it. I'm going to wrap up in a few minutes. Look at it, look at it, please move. Thank you, my son. Next verse. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. I was also, I've also done nothing here, and they have put me in this dungeon. Very powerful speech. But verse 23 of Genesis chapter 40 says, the chief butler did not remember Joseph. 
But the chief butler did not remember Jesus. If God does not remember you, people can remember you. Because John chapter 3, verse 27, John 3, 27 says, a man can receive nothing except it has been given to him from heaven. If you see suddenly somebody remembers and say, oh, you came to my mind, it's because you are in the mind of God. Because you're in the mind of God, that's why you come into somebody's mind on the earth. If, if God does not remember you, people can't remember you. You can do all the things you're going to do. Give the most powerful speeches. You can give the most powerful proposal for a business. You can have the best customer service in your business. You can go to an interview and do the best in the interview. They forget you. Because if God does not remember you, man can't remember you. But I know that there are people here in this service today that God will remember you. He will remember your family. So when God remembers, there are Certain things that happen, but let me just give you one or two that like it happened to, to Noah. And this is critical in destiny. Please listen to me. You are where you are today. I am where I am today. Everybody's where they are today because of these two words. Open doors. You are where you are today because of the doors that have opened and the ones that have closed. That's where you are where you are. You're where you are today in life because of the doors that opened and the ones that closed. Our destiny then, very simply, is a summation. An addition, a summation of the doors are open and the ones are closed. I pray that very strategic doors will open to you in life. Yeah. And any destructive doors, any doors that will lead you to destruction will shut today in Jesus' name. Yeah. We are where we are because of doors that open. Sir, please listen to this part as I wrap up now. Doors that open and doors that close is the reason why we are where we are. There are certain doors that need to open to you. And those doors must open for you to enter the next season of your life. Amen. Say amen, please. Amen. Oh, say amen, please. Amen. Please say better amen, please. Amen. When God remembers a man, you open certain doors. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 30, verse 22, God remembered Rachel and he opened his womb. When God remembers a man, he opens what any man cannot open. Listen, listen, listen. God open. What kind of doors will God open? Because I want to pray over somebody here tonight. What kind of door will God open? What kind of door will this God open? I hope I won't break this pulpit before I leave here today. What kind of door will God open? God opens the door that has been spiritually locked. There are some doors in our life. Listen very carefully. There are some doors in your life, in my life, that you are knocking upon. You are knocking upon. But that, those doors have no natural keys. <laughs> Only spiritual means can open those doors. In the book of Genesis, chapter 7, verse 16, the Bible says that God is the one that shut the door concerning Noah. God commanded, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord is the Spirit. John chapter 4, verse 24. God is the Spirit. So if the Spirit shut the door, you understand that human can open it. <laughs> <laughs> there are some doors you are not dealing with they are short spiritually we need to open it by spiritual means that is why the Bible says he that has the key of David the key of David is not the key it's not the regular key the key of David is not the natural key the key of David is a spiritual key that unlocks doors in heaven and on earth I hope you're hearing me now I hope you're hearing me now it says that it says, I have the key of David I have the key of David Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. He said, I, I know your works. Behold, I've set before you an open door which no man can shut. Why is it that no man can shut it? Because I have the key of David. 
I have the key. When the key of David opens the door, nobody on earth can shut the door. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The key of David. He said, I have he who has the key. It's not the keys of David, it's the key of David. One key. One key, sir. And you know, when her, when our church was renovated and we brought in a locksmith and he set up all the keys for all the I didn't even know this. This was 2003. He set up all the key sets for the whole rooms. Then he said, Pastor, I'm going to bring my boss. He's going to come and cut the key for your office. I said, well, why? You just cut it. Just let me get into my office. He said, no, Pastor. The key we want to cut for you is going to be called the master key. The grand master key. I said, what does that mean? He said, we're going to put every key in your key. I said, I don't understand. He said, when you take that one key, it will open every door in this church. I said, I like that. <laughs> I, said, I said, I like that. I like that. I said, it's called the grand master key. I said, I like that. You know, when the man left, I tried it. Hey, you open up the door. The thing, it brought a serious revelation to me. This is how God operates. He has the key that opens every door. So if I'm telling somebody, one of our staff, I say, oh, can I have something, something? And the person has gone home. Well, that's not the problem. That's not the problem. Because whether they've gone home or they've not gone home, whether they're at work or they're not at work, I can enter their office. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? God can enter anybody's office at any time. He can enter anybody's office at any time. That is why he opened the door in Acts chapter 12 and Peter got out of prison. Because he does not need Herod to approve it. It doesn't mean that to approve it. It's the most high God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. God opens doors that have been spiritually locked. Some of us don't even understand that some of the doors we're trying to open, they are not doors that can open by talent. Your talent can open it. Your effort can open it. It will take God to lift it up. The Bible says, lift up your head so you get. You're trying to enter a new realm of success. You have to understand that those doors can't open naturally. Oh, I know you're talented. I know you're talented. Oh, I know. Don't give me the shrug. I know you're gifted, but listen to me. I have tried it. I know what I'm talking about. I've, I've, I've tried it. There are some doors that can never open to talent. They can only open by grace. By grace. By grace. By grace. By grace. By grace. Rachel's womb was locked. <laughs> Doctors couldn't open it. Grace opened it. Bible says, God remember, and unlock the womb. And unlock the womb. Thank you, Lord. Amen. What kind of doors can God open? <laughs> Let me give you just one more and we'll close. God opens doors. God, listen very carefully. Listen to this one because this is what I really am believing God for you. Amen. God opens doors that leads to open doors. Amen. If that's the only reason you came tonight, is what it? God opens the doors that leads to what? That leads to open doors. Yeah. There are doors in your life that when that door opens, you suddenly see that other doors are open. Mm. Those doors open. It's only one door. One door. One door. Sir. One door. Only one door opens. And when you go through that, you step way through that one door, you are amazed. So, but I didn't ask for this one. But I've not prayed for that yet. But I, don't, I thought this was not in this season. You just begin to see other open doors. Let me give you an example of a door like that. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. And the king called Joseph. And the king, Pharaoh, brought and called Joseph. And they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. The door that opened, one door is the door of the dungeon. But that door of the dungeon that opened to Joseph, 
<laughs> that door led to other open doors. Is that all right? Yes. Yeah. When you get to verse 37, you see Joseph got a position. Joseph got chariots. Joseph got a house. While Joseph was on his way out, the priest of On, Potiphera, said, Hey, 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 my daughter is here. Before you go out to the door now, you're going to meet another woman. Here's my daughter. You're going to marry my daughter. He got the wife. On the same day, sir, other doors open up. Now, which woman will marry somebody that is in the dungeon? Nobody. But one door, only one door opened. Only one door opened. And other things opened up for Joseph. <clears throat> other doors. Listen, the way you have to look at it literally is this. The door of the dungeon opened up. And while the door of the dungeon, just imagine, let's assume that it was this big, massive door that you have to slide. Just, just use your imagination. Can you, can you see the door? Yes. This big 12-foot door that two or three people have to hold and pull and slide. As they, were, as they opened the door, and they were sliding the door open in the dungeon. He was making this huge noise. Can you, can you hear the noise? Yes. Just use your imagination. As he was making this huge noise, as they were pulling that door open, somebody also was opening the door of the palace. Joseph couldn't hear the door of the palace opening. He could hear the door of the dungeon opening. But simultaneously, as the door of the dungeon was opening, the door of the palace was also opening to Joseph. Never to close again. I'm praying for you today. Some critical doors will open here for you today. Never to close again. Never to close again. Never to close again. Never to close again. God will remember you tonight. I prophesy over you. God will remember you tonight. The door that has been shut spiritually, God will open it up tonight. The door that will lead to other open doors, God will open it tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lift those hands. Let's honor Jesus Christ tonight. Let's honor him tonight. Let's give Jesus praise tonight. Zanika Mushkia. Yesokom Bakari Gele Moskai. Yusatu Ramaglati Koboskataya. Somebody honor him tonight. Somebody bless him tonight. Somebody honor him. We're talking about honoring Jesus tonight. The one that has the key of David. Let's honor him tonight. Like a zip to deliver Rugasahita. Le kado do do papa tike gele marega gaga baboshkaya. Lisa toma pere meke le tuzuna madushkaya. Jika santande kemeruga. Oh le kresomi, oh le kresami. Jami kado ma pe kado mishepa. Lomire brade de 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 masozozo baba. Lo kotomba kere sekatai. If you can pray in the spirit, pray in spirit. Oh glorify his name. Glorify his name. Jika putune senti arushkaya, lepra sudakira maklida kuzaka. I want to celebrate you, O God. I want to honor you, O God. Lepra gesekabia zunganda rusili pakudai akadomiye parusomiye arushka. Oh, somebody bless him. Somebody honor Jesus. Somebody honor Jesus. Yepra kalira mula zatada kuri malia. You are the Almighty God. You are the Most High God. I want to worship you. The I am that I am, irresistible, undefeatable, undeniable. I worship you, the Father of fathers, the Father of spirits, the Father of glory, the Father of lights. The God of all comfort. The one who has wings and who is a God. 
the eternal God, the only wise God. I bow before you. Madamira Sutaya, Jehovah Rasha, Jehovah Rafa, Jehovah Nissim, El Shaddai, Adonai, Yahweh, worship you tonight. Yahweh, worship you tonight. Yeh praise my name, my Robo Boshaka. Le Kuzemi Aboshia, no king like you. The majesty of majesty, royalty of royalty, the lion of the tribe of Judah. I worship you. Be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worship. I must let you know something. According to Revelation chapter 4, one thing God is not afraid of is a shout. Listen. God loves the shout. Let's look at it in scripture so that somebody here can have confidence in what I'm about to say. Numbers chapter 23, let's start from verse 19. Numbers 23, 19. I could quote it for you, but everybody here can quote it because it's well known. But I want you to see. Put it on the screen, please. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. Please put it on the screen. Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that should lie, neither is he the son of man that should repent. As he said, he will not do it. As he spoke, he will not make it good. Verse 20. Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed that I cannot reverse it. Okay, verse 21. Look at it now, verse 21. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob. He has not seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord is God is with him. And what? The shout of a king is among them. Now, because the shout of a king is among them, he goes on to say, he has the strength of a wild ox. Come on, verse 22. Come on, the next verse now. He brings him out of it. He has strength like a wild ox. Then he now says in verse 23, there's no divination that can affect him. Listen, if you are not honoring the king, divination might be able to penetrate because the child leads to the strength. The strength is what gives you the power over the divination. Look at the way it is set up. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? The shout of a king is among them. Then he has the strength of a wild ox. And he says there's no divination. So when we shout, listen very carefully. It's not emotionalism. It's not the doctrine of redeem. No, it's not emotionalism. It's not, oh, this pastor is just an extrovert. He likes shouting. It is something we do triggered by scripture. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Is there anybody here that wants to have some victory tonight? Do you need some victory tonight? Do you need some victory tonight? Do you need some victory tonight? tonight? Alright, put those wonderful hands together wherever you are. Come on now. Come on now. Jump your feet for yourself if you can. Come on somebody. Let all the champions in the house open your mouth. Give Jesus a shout of hallelujah. The shout of the king is among them. We worship you, King of Kings. We honor you, O God, in Jesus' mighty name. Three prayer points only tonight, and I'm going to pray for you. First prayer point, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. Lift your voice now and begin to say, remember me to focus on you, to attend to you. It means to visit you. To remember you means to focus on you, to attend to you, to visit you. Lord, remember me. That's the first prayer point. Only three prayer points tonight. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. God, 
Remember me, oh God. Les cosapates ne me carouchent Les outils m'a tout donné mes souraillés. Jikakakakaka. Motique soutourne chakata. Lord, remember me. If you don't remember me, people will not remember me. Lord, remember me. If you don't remember me, my friends will not remember me. My boss will not remember me. Nobody will remember me. You need to remember me, oh God. Institutions will not remember me. Individuals will not remember me. If you don't remember me, nobody will remember me. My helpers of destiny will not remember me. If you don't remember me, I'm asking you, Almighty God, tonight, Lord, remember me. Remember me, oh God. You remember Noah. You remember Abraham. You remember Rachel. Remember me too. You remember Nehemiah. You remember me, oh God. You remember Noah and the wind blew. Remember me, oh God. Les Santo Domori Pali. Jikatato Mapalete Dositaya. Visit me, oh God. Remember me. Help me. Help me, oh God. I need help, oh God. I need your help, oh God. Help me. Remember me, oh God. La Patayada. Le Prince de Maya. Kurete le Pakete le Sunima. Ombrakate dema rosotologia. Jikrato maleke ruzomiteya. Lisa topopo. Jekate mareseli. Shanduni marusayi. My father, my God. Lord, you have to remember me tonight. I don't have any other place to go. I have no other source. I have no other help. You are my only help. You are my only source. You have to remember me, oh God. Matoro seye. Matura zayi. Zayakute marese le mategele mashetaya. Jopra se petaleyag. Jopra te malere setaya. Juga te gate. Japro tombare se 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 se. Le paro madele sunta vaina. Oh God, remember me. Come on, you have one more minute. Open your mouth and ask God to remember you. You remember Noah, remember me, O God. I can't afford to be forgotten, O God. Remember me. If you don't remember me, I'm done. If you don't remember me, I'm done. If you don't remember me, that's it for me. I'm done. There's no help for me. If you don't remember me, there is no other help for me. I have no other source. I have no other backup. You are my sponsor. You are my redeemer. You are my Lord. You are my head. You are my master. You are my leader. You are my shepherd. You are my supplier. You are my healer. You are my provider. You are my everything, oh God. Remember me. Remember me, oh God. Ramagatu le mosheketa. Le pante ne prakosa kataba ruskaya. Reza le tenge rotos katabaya. Remember me, O God. La chita bakuri maglatine. Le zuta bira maglatu na mozoto baba yehe. Alema roskota. Thank you, Lord. Remember me, O God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Please grab the hand of one fellow. Maybe you can pair up in two or three. Grab the hand of one fellow. Pray for 30 seconds that God will remember this person you are holding their hands. Lord, remember my brother. Remember my brother, oh God. Lord, remember him. Deep or angry to sit up a pulemania, 
pray that God will remember this person you are holding your hands. Father, I pray for my brother. Remember him, brother. He's serving you, oh God, is committed to your kingdom. My father, my God, remember him, oh God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Lord, we pray for everybody here today. Kulima tunge libra dosip hatuwe yina. La ruzani tabuzali kadushkaya. Lord God of heaven, let everybody under the authority of my voice, let them be remembered in the name of Jesus Christ. As a sign of this message, Father, before next week Friday, let them get a phone call, a text message, an email, a communication that will show they have been remembered. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Just two more prayer points. Listen, we're going to do this quickly. I want you to pray that every door that has been shut spiritually, that God will open it. Lord, open to me doors that I cannot open myself. Come on, lift your voice now. Open to me doors I can't do myself. Lord, let them be open. Doors I cannot open by myself. Lord, open it for me tonight. Come on, let's do this in two minutes. Everywhere I'm facing spiritual hindrances, oh God. Doors. Doors that I cannot open by my own talent. Doors that my giftings cannot open. My talents cannot open. Doors that my effort cannot open. Father, I pray in Almighty and everlasting God to God. You will have to help me, Lord. You will not, you will have to help me. I got to this point because you helped me. I got to this point in life because you helped me. I got where I am today because your hand was strong. You happened to help me. I need your help again. I need your help again. Help me, oh God. Help me. Let doors open to me tonight. Tonight. Let doors open to me. Let it open to my family. Let doors open to my ministry that I cannot open in 20 years. Doors that I cannot open in 20 years. Let it open to me tonight. Tonight, open them, oh God. Doors that have been spiritually closed, spiritually locked up. Let it open to me tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Doors that my own power cannot open, my mind cannot open, my talent cannot open, my effort cannot open. Tonight, my Father and my God, let these doors open to me in the name of Jesus. Pray. You have one more minute. Doors that are bigger than my talent. Doors that are bigger than my gifting. Doors that are bigger than my hard work. Doors that are bigger than my prayer life. Doors that are bigger than my fasting life. Doors that are bigger, bigger than me. Doors that when they open, everybody will know that this one is God. This one is God. Lord, I pray. Open these doors in my favor. Open these doors tonight for me, O oh God, that I may praise your name, that I can worship you, that I can honor you, 
that I can glorify your name, that I can exalt you forever and evermore. You said to Maria, I need those that are bigger than my talent, those that are bigger than my giftings, those that are bigger than me, those that are bigger than my hard work, bigger than diligence, those that are bigger than my fasting, those that are bigger than my consecration life. I pray, God of heaven, please, Lord, open this door. Those that I cannot open by my own power of my might, but my prayer for the next 25 years, I can't open. Next 15 years, I can't open. Open it to me tonight. Let me open. Every door the enemy has shut down in my destiny. They ought to open. Father, let it open tonight in Jesus' name. You don't need approval from anybody. You are the most high God. You have the key of David. Open it tonight, oh God. Open it, oh God. La Russie party Glory to your holy name. Thank you, my father. Blessed be your name, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. One final prayer point. I don't have to encourage you to pray this one. The door that opens and leads to all that open doors. Once this door opens now, this particular one you're going to pray now. Once it's open, you will just see all other open doors around you. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. please lift your voice in all sincerity. This is the last prayer point for tonight. Ask the Almighty God, Lord, let these doors open to me. The doors that lead to other open doors, Father, I pray tonight, let it open, O God. Yes, so to command Grateka Badushkipa, let's say to Brake Marcute de Megretushka Pai, Jisa Rusa Katagele Preketuskupa, Le Kadondo, Le Karodo, Dodo, 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 Shaka, Rika Patenge de Leman, Greteka Potu Dodoskataya, Jisotombra Kati de Leman, Dresetoro, Makanta Litura Magabishka. I'm asking you, O oh God, for the doors that will open and lead to other open doors. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray. The door that will open and lead to other open doors. He did it for Joseph, Genesis 41, 14. You open the door. Lord, I pray. The door that opens and all doors open. Please pray. You have 20 seconds more. Pray. Make it count. Just 20 seconds. Pray. I'm asking you, Almighty and everlasting God. Let this door open, oh God. Makali parogo mate. Yes, Santono Bragema Rogo do Boboshi. Yekere mama mama mama. 
Lord, I pray. Let this door open, O God. Let it open to me, to my wife, to my family, to my ministry tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, O God. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Come on, in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. I want you to understand something. I'm going to explain something to you for about two minutes or so, then I'm going to pray for you. In the Bible, there are different types of signs and wonders. The Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter 16, from verse 17, it tells us that these signs shall follow them that believe. There's a sign that follows believers. These signs shall follow them that believe. You don't need to occupy any particular office in the Bible, in the, in the church or anywhere. These signs follow you as long as you have given your life to Jesus Christ, washed by the blood. There are certain things that need to be happening in your life. One big mistake many people make today is that they read the Bible and they take one verse and they equate it with every other thing. So somebody says, well, you know, signs and wonders, nobody needs to pray for you for signs and wonders because the Bible says these signs are following that belief. But there are levels of signs. There are levels of wonders. How do I know that? Because Acts of Apostles chapter 19 verse 11 says, special miracles were done by the hand of Paul. So if you say special miracles, <laughs> special is a qualifier. So that means there were levels. So when there are signs that follow believers, but there are also signs of the apostles. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Look at what it says now. You will see a qualifier here. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. 2 Corinthians 12, 12, please. Okay? Truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you in wonders, in signs and wonders, and in what? Mighty deeds. You see the qualification? There are signs of apostles. The signs of an apostle, listen very carefully, is not to glorify a man or a woman. It's to attest to the fact that God sent them. An apostle is apostello. It just basically means somebody that is sent. A messenger sent on an errand. That's what apostle means. Apostello. Somebody that is sent on an errand. I must let you know by the grace of the Almighty God, like Paul says, I magnify my ministry. I'm sent by God. God called me and sent me. Sir, he has backed it up with mighty deeds. I know without a shadow of doubt in the name of the God that sent me that in this place tonight there will be somebody even by tomorrow that will have a dramatic testimony. So when I pray for you tonight, please, I want you to understand these are not mere words. I've done this for over 19 years in the same address. If you are mere words, this is not fake. This is not some, something put something together. In the same address for 19 years, 19, over 19 years, same place, there are many people that have attested to, I mean, I'm talking of incredible testimonies. Huge testimonies. I've seen things. I've seen cancer drop. I've seen many things. Uh, too, too numerous to mention. I've seen all manners of things. I've seen people that the doctors have written off completely. I've seen brain tumor five times the normal size that was about to be operated on. Dissolved by God. I've seen this, sir. I've seen recently, I think about two, three months ago in our church, I saw SS compacted to AA. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying all of this to glorify, but I'm telling you it's because of the person that sent me. I've seen this thing. I've seen it. I've seen this. I've seen huge testimonies. Things that people, when they tell you, say, well, really, is that true? Is this true? It didn't happen. I mean, there are people in the church here. I won't come here and be telling you long cook and boo stories. When I speak over you tonight, I want you to understand Something is going to shift in the realm of the spirit in your favor. Yeah. One thing you have to understand about the realm of the spirit is that it shifts by words. 
Man came to Jesus and said, Hey, hey, Jesus, help me. My son is dying at all. In John chapter 4, Jesus said, Go your way, your son lives. That's it. it is, Jesus never saw the son. The woman that came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28, the Gentile woman that came to Jesus, Jesus never saw the daughter. Jesus said, Go! Your daughter lives. Jesus never saw the son of the centurion. Sorry, the servant of the centurion. The centurion said, No, don't come to my house. Speak the word only. Speak the word only. Speak the word only. Why? Because the words that I speak, they're not English grammar. They're spirits and their life. Are you hearing me now? Peter said in Acts chapter 3, verse 6, such as I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus. So rise up and walk. Listen to me. I declare over you today by the power in the name of Jesus that sent me, whatever is not working in your life, today I command it by the power of God to start working in Jesus' name. Anything that needs to change, anything that needs to be renewed in your life, I decree it return tonight in Jesus' name. When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like those who were dreaming. The realm whereby you will be so surprised. The realm of pleasant surprises. May God grant you such testimonies tonight. The door you have knocked upon for a long time that has seemingly refused to open. I stand there today by the power of the Holy Ghost. I command the door to open in the name of Jesus. I command the door to open in Jesus' name. I command the gospel open in Jesus' name. I, by the word of God that sent me, he sent me and told me to go and empower people to achieve their dreams and to fulfill their destiny. Listen, I speak over you today by the authority of this mandate. You will not fail in your endeavors. I've done this thing for over 19 years now. I have seen results beyond comprehension. I decree over you, you will not fail in the name of Jesus. Should we not fail in the name of Jesus? Should we not fail in the name of Jesus? You will see what is beyond your efforts. I can't hear an amen from you. What is beyond your talent? What is beyond your effort? What is beyond your prayer? What is beyond your input? You will see results beyond your talent. In the name of Jesus. Every plan of the enemy concerning you or your children, every divination, every sorcery, every power of witchcraft holding you down to where you are today, may it be destroyed in Jesus' name. Sorry, you have to listen to this now. A prophecy from a man of God is booking an appointment with favor for you. When the man of God says, This same time next year, he has booked an appointment for you in the realm of the spirit. The man of God said, by this time tomorrow, he was booking an apartment in the realm of the spirit. I am speaking now today. It's Friday, 19th of July. By this time next week, you have a major testimony. Oh, please let your amen show that you believe. Let your amen show that you have received it. As the Lord lives and sent me, by this time, by this time next week, Friday, you will have a major testimony to share. In the name of Jesus. Nobody will take your place. 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 Anybody under the throat of my voice with any sickness in their body, I curse the sickness to die to the root. Whatever is raging, raging, raging in your life, 
any battle raging, raging in your life, I stand by the authority of He that stands on the seas, that rise on the storm. I command the storm right now to be still in the name of Jesus. Christ. I'm speaking over you today. You will not die but live. I'm speaking over you. You will not die but live. Whatever has been orchestrated by the enemy against your destiny, you will not die but live. Let me say one or two more for you. When the brothers of Joseph came into Egypt, they were on a queue trying to buy grain. Suddenly they knew, they saw Joseph. They didn't know that they had a relationship with the governor of the land. And Joseph sent errands and said, take them out of the queue. They are my blood brothers. They don't belong to the queue. Joseph is a type of Jesus. You have been queuing in life waiting for your turn. I decree in the name of Jesus who is your brother. You share bloodline with him. Come off the queue in Jesus' name. For a breakthrough, it is now your turn for a breakthrough. It is now your turn for a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I want to speak finally because this is what God has impressed on my spirit to speak over somebody's finances. Here, listen very carefully. This is one area God has given me unusual prophetic grace to bring deliverance to many people. I've seen people that as that are in abject poverty rise up to the highest levels of their career, business. I've seen things unusually expand. As I stand there, I'm speaking to you right now. I've seen unusual grace in the area of finances. God has blessed, blessed the words and the works of our hand. Financially, I pray over you today. Whatever belongs to you by way of financial provision that is being hindered by the forces of darkness, I command you forces of darkness. Lose your hold on it in Jesus' name. Lose your hold on it. 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 Marasantali Kradu Shapali Kaliskaya. The finances, the provision, the resources that belong to you, destiny. I command you, foul devils, lose your hold on it. In the name of Jesus. Matanema Selematomakia Patia. Somebody is under the thought of my voice. There is a siege that has been built around your life. Things are just not working. I decree right now by the word of God, the seed is broken in Jesus' name. The seed is broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Men will remember you. Kings will remember you. Men will remember you. Women will remember you. Kings will remember you. Government will remember you. Institutions will remember you. Family will remember you. Everybody that can favor you will remember you. In the name of Jesus, you will no longer be stranded. You will no longer be stranded. You will no longer be stranded. Finally, I declare over you now. The door that leads to order open doors becomes your portion from tonight. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to do one more thing. You can stand to your feet. We're going to do one more thing. Listen very carefully. When the angel came and Jello, the angel came was sent by God. The angel said, I am Gabriel, standing in the presence of God. I've come to bring you word. He brought a word to Zechariah. Zechariah did not believe. He went down. Then he brought a word to Mary. Mary said, I don't understand how this thing is going to be. The angel said, keep quiet. Just don't say the wrong thing. Now, when he convinced Mary, he said, the power of the highest will overshadow you. In verse 38 of Luke chapter 1, Mary said, be unto me according to your word. This words have been released by God. You have to show that you have received it. Listen, this is how you're going to show it. We're going to do what we did at the beginning. We're going to give God a serious shout. That shows to God Almighty that this word that has come forth, that it didn't just go and become an extra and a bonus for your neighbor. 
But you picked your own. Did you pick your own? Come on, did you pick your own? I can't hear you. Did you pick your own? Now to the King Eternal, the Immortal God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Ancient of Days, the I Am the Lord, the One that was, the One that is, the One that is to come, the Most High God, the Only Wise God, the Almighty God. 